0: Welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Faith and Justice podcast. In this episode, we are going to continue to explore our focus area for the second half of the year, which is climate change. And so if you've given a listen to some of our previous podcasts that have gone up, we have discussed what climate change is, what climate justice looks like, and also what the Christian call is in this particular area. And so now in this podcast, we are going to give you some of those action pieces to work towards climate justice in our world. And so I, Maeve, did an interview a couple weeks back with Sabrina, who is the owner of Unpack Living, which is a zero-waste store located in Danvers and Beverly, Massachusetts, and also online. And she discussed with us the problem of plastic pollution and also some action steps that we can take, whether that be shopping at a zero-waste store Or just having a conscious mindset when we consume and before we go to purchase new products for our home, for a makeup bag, and just being thoughtful about what we're purchasing. So I hope that you all enjoy and learn from this interview with Sabrina. I know I certainly did and it was a very fruitful conversation. And if you are interested in checking out Sabrina and her business Unpack Living, you can find her at unpackliving.com online and you can shop her store her store online. And then also she has an Instagram so you can check her out at Unpack Living and support her and other small businesses like her. We hope you enjoy and that you learn something new. Okay, welcome back to the Let's Talk Faith and Justice podcast. I'm joined here today by Sabrina, who is the owner of Unpacked Living, which is located on North, North Shore of Boston uh, in Beverly and in Danvers. She also has an online store, which is unpackliving.com, and she ships throughout the U.S. So welcome, Sabrina. It's Hi, not- Mom. How are you? I'm good. So, I would love for you just to give a quick introduction to our audience for just tell us who you are and what you do, maybe a little bit about Unpack Living, which we'll get into later in this episode. All right. Well, thank you so much for
1: inviting me to do this. Um, as you said, I am Sabrina O'Claire, and I am the owner of Unpack Living, which is a zero waste store and refillery located in Massachusetts, more specifically, more specifically in the North Shore. We have two locations, to brick and mortar stores, and we also have the online store, which is how everything started. And I am from Colombia in South America, and I lived in the United States for seven years. And I guess that's it. That's all about me.
0: <laughs> that's great. So I would love to get started just by asking you where your passion for climate justice, environmental justice comes from, I think that everyone has a pretty unique story getting into this area of justice because, you know, there's so many different avenues to get you in, whether you're interested in lowering food waste or plastic waste. So I would love to hear about how you became interested in this issue.
1: Absolutely. And you are completely right. Everybody has a different approach to these and different views and different goals, too my whole thing is packaging i yeah i'm very much plastic free and anti-plastic and anti-packaging and um it's very loaded like the whole zero waste topic is very loaded there are so many so many ways to do it and everything we do counts but my issue became an issue actually when i came to live in the united states and i realized that i didn't have access to recycling but I still was obligated, basically, by companies to buy their trash. And it all started at Market Basket, very on point, very local, um, when I had to buy another bottle of shampoo. I That was in 2019, in January. And I basically just flip out. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want another bottle of plastic that's just going to end up in the trash. And then right then... And there, I just decided to do something about it, or at least not do something about it at the scale that I'm doing right now, <laughs> but for myself, like I was going to try to find alternatives. I have no idea at that point that zero waste was a, a, was a thing or a movement, that there were plastic-free products. Like I had no idea what was I going to do, but I knew I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. So that's how i started that's how that's what drove me to start investigating and researching a little bit more about waste where does my trash go what's happening why first of all why me coming from let's call it a third world country which colombia is not a third world country but um having recycling there and then coming to the United States, which is, you know, a, a potency and the, you know, empire of the world and everything is great here. And why don't I have recycling? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then my research led me to learn a lot about sustainability and a lot about the state of recycling and in the industry and zero waste. So we, obviously I found a lot of um, friends and a lot of colleagues in the zero waste movement. And yeah, that's basically how I started my battle against waste and specifically plastic.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, Was your like sustainability journey, let's call it that, was it like pretty quick? Were you able to find resources quickly? Or was it like small changes over a longer period of time? So, small changes are still happening. <laughs> um, I
1: actually documented everything in a blog. I have a blog in my website um where I took shots and documented my own journey to get rid of plastic that was in my own house. And the way I did it was by doing an audit. I basically took out everything, every single plastic piece. Uh, and product that was in my house from all the cabinets and all the drawers and all the the cover and everything and put it in the dining table and took a picture. You don't really know how much plastic exists in your life and in your house until you see it all in one picture. Mm. It covered my entire dining table. So that was January 2019. That's how it started. Then I started making changes and it doesn't happen overnight. So yes, it's been almost three or four years of, you know, transitioning away from everything. And it's it's a battle and plastic happens. You know, it's not that I have something against the material itself, uh, but that's for another question. So um, the journey was not easy, but not hard. So finding the products Back in 2019, there were not as many options as we have right now. The industry has been evolving a lot and really fast, thank God. But when I started, I couldn't find everything in just one place. That was the problem. I had to order from many places. There was nothing local. There was no in Massachusetts, it didn't exist like a, a whole uh piece of information or like a group or something that I could you know, reach out to and, and know what I what I should do, you know? Mm-hmm. So I decided to, again, step in. And be, before I, I did the stores and I started unpack Living, I created the Zero Waste Massachusetts group in Facebook. I am the founder of that group. And that was in March 2019 that I started it. And then it ballooned and we're now almost 5,000 members. Um, and it became like a hub of information to share about, you know, events and what happens in the state and in the law government level, um, even to just like, you know, normal random yard sales that people is like, hey, what can I do with these or like recycling information? What What's changing? What's not? What's accepted? What's not? Which is like a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that group gave me access to the information, you know, like what's out there, what's happening. And it allowed me to connect with the community in itself. That is also basically I needed to know if there was people in my same state of mind, you know, in in, mm-hmm. in the same journey. There was crazy people like me out there that wanted <laughs> to be more sustainable, more plastic free, you know, so that's how it started, basically. So it was easy when I did that but I had to do it myself you know so it wasn't easy but at the same time it was easy and then after creating the group and realizing that there was no like one store like one place to buy everything that's when I started unpack living so
0: it was a process
1: but it's been a rewarding one for sure.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. It's so interesting to hear people's stories when it comes to climate justice. I mean, even just taking environmental ethics in college, hearing like what issues people are concerned with, what my professors think, like it's it's really interesting and it's so cool all that you have done. So I would be interested. So we are doing a focus right now with the Boston Faith and Justice Network on climate change and understanding that and giving people some practical tools to apply to their lifestyle to lessen their impact on the environment. So obviously, as you said, plastic is really that is your big issue packaging. And I think it's something that literally everyone has a problem with in their own lives because our food comes wrapped in plastic, our shampoo bottles, everything. So I was wondering if you could just give us a quick little explanation of why plastic is so harmful for the environment, for those who maybe don't understand fully what the issue is with plastic. Well, in its basis, plastic is actually made from petroleum,
1: which a lot of people don't know. And plastic is a byproduct of petroleum, and that is a really bad industry. Uh, so, the making and the manufacturing of plastic itself, like its its inception, it's bad already. Like we're drilling the earth and draining it out of its you know finite resources to make these oil and then out of the oil trash we make these products that are a man made material so we live in a planet that has all the materials in the world and everything is cyclical and everything goes back to earth and everything biodegrades and decomposes the problem with plastic is is not made by nature it's mm-hmm. made by humans and it's a material that from it from its inception they knew that it was going to cause problems but, you know, money wins always. And now that we're actually drowning in it and our oceans are polluted with it and we know that it, it just doesn't go away, it doesn't disappear. Now we're trying to do something about it when we should have done it 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So plastic is a problem because, first of all, it doesn't biodegrade. It does not go away. All the plastic created in the world since the 1940s it still exists somehow in the atmosphere. That's something people is not aware of. Plastic is also so volatile, and it's a material that has many faces and many aspects to it. And yes, it made us you know have progress. We progress things to plastic in the medical um field and aeronautics, and you know, it, it's very uh beneficial for the humanity, but not when it just made our way, it, it made its way to our homes and our lives in a unnecessary way, mm-hmm. right? So in our everyday lives, we don't really need that much plastic. Like what you just said, we really don't need plastic in our bathrooms, in our kitchens, in our food. Plastic is a great material. It's lightweight and it's waterproof. And like I said, it has made humanity progress in massive ways. It gave us technology. It gave us computers and phones and everything. But do we really need (laughs) the plastic wrapping our lettuce or the plastic wrapping our bananas that already have a wrapping made, (laughs) made by nature? So that's when it becomes a problem. The sheer amount of plastic being manufactured, it's just insane. It's something that is unmanageable and unsustainable. And we're talking about sustainability. So the problem with plastic is also that we haven't caught up with the um, recycling. The recycling industry has not catch the, in the industry, like the, the manufacturing. So to put it in an easier way to say when your hot tub, when your top, when your bathroom is overflowing, the first thing you do is turn off the faucet. You don't just go and grab a mop and don't turn off the faucet, right? So that's the same thing that happens with plastic. We need to turn off the faucet. We need to stop making so much of it. And we need to implement regulations and programs to actually process it and get rid of it in an easy way, because right now it's not stopping and we're still not catching up to having a solution for it. Some things are coming up, people creating bacteria and there's like some progress, but that progress is not the same as the manufacturing of plastic. So we're drowning on it and it's out of our hands. And plastic is not only bad for the environment, it's bad for us mm-hmm. because it's a material that leaches into our system. We're breathing it, we're eating it, it's killing nature, it's killing animals every single day. And it it's a problem. So, you know, we don't have to be a hyper intelligent human beings to understand that trash is not good.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. It's I mean, such a multifaceted issue from every single stage of the development to its use in our everyday life. So that was really helpful. And I'd encourage people listening just to kind of take inventory when you're walking around a store or I don't know, just out in nature and you see trash all over, like how much plastic there really is that you might not even realize because it's become it's so convenient and it's literally everywhere in everything. So I would encourage people who are listening to just kind of take stock around you so. And moving on, I'd love to hear more about Unpack Living now. So I'd love for you to just tell our listeners how you started this project. I know that it w- it started from an online store and it has grown a lot since then. So I'd love to hear just that that process. Yeah, basically, I
1: just wanted to experiment and I wanted to again see if out there there were people looking for the same things I was looking for. There's so much greenwashing out there with these products. Like yeah. you think that because something says it's eco-friendly and it's green, but still comes packaging plastic. Like you see several of these products everywhere, especially in the grocery stores. Like, oh, this is like made with recycled plastic, but it's still plastic. So things that we don't, you know, we're victims of marketing. And I went to marketing school, so I know <laughs> how it works. I wanted to do... My best to find products that were actually sustainably made, ethically made, fair traded, Um, you know, all these things that we need as consumers to know where we're putting our money into because we work hard for our money. And we are just giving those hard earned dollars to these huge corporations that we don't even know own these companies, Unilever, P&G, and all these, you know, big companies that they only want profit and they don't care about the planet. They're just producing plastic like crazy and we're buying their trash. And then they pass that responsibility of disposing of their trash to us, the consumer. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create a store where I already, you know, make sure that it's not greenwashing. I connected with the right companies, with people just like me, with the same um, ethical, you know, the same values and same goals that I had and finding these products that are revolutionizing this plastic-free revolution, to say it somehow, you know. And give the consumers and just the people in the community, basically, all the tools and all the alternatives out there to show them that it's not hard, you know, that, oh my God, but how are we going to get rid of all the plastic? It is possible. There are so many ways right now. When I started, there were not so many. Now you have like literally the equivalent of a a grocery store size, uh, products, you know, you have all the deodorants, all the shampoos, and these are everyday products, so they actually make a difference because it's something that you use daily. So, some of the plastic-free products you buy one time and then reuse them for a really long time, like a safety razor, for example. And some of some of some others are still disposable, but they are disposable in a good way, not in a way that they're going to be here for thousands of years contaminating the environment, but in a way that they're going to actually biodegrade or they, they can be composted, they can become, you know, food for uh, the soil. And so there is, um, I, when I started, I wanted to create these paradise, you know, mm-hmm. this store where you could come in as a normal person and you don't have to know everything. You just you can make sure that you're gonna buy products that are helping mm-hmm. the community, your neighbors, for from small businesses, and that you're giving your money to people that actually are helping the environment. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. So this experiment started as an online store because I I just mentioned I went to marketing school, so I had like the tools in my hands. I didn't have the money, but I had <laughs> the knowledge and. Yeah, you know, I I could just make a website and invest a little bit of money and started selling some things. July first, I actually chose uh, plastic free July, which we are right now in. Uh, so July first, twenty nineteen, I launch Pla- unpack living online. I still had my full time job in Boston. I was commuting. I was you know living a, a double life.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um.
1: And then surprisingly it went really well it was very well received I started doing events every other weekend and going to like local stores and asking them to let me put a table and doing pop-ups and I was surprisingly very much welcome and there was a lot of people interested in you know doing something insignificant changes make a huge impact so you know, when you show the people the products and they're like, oh, so like I just switched my toothbrush for a bamboo one and then that's great. And it's not expensive. They actually cost way less than the plastic ones. Mm-hmm. So that's when people start realizing like, oh, OK, so eco-friendly is not equal to super expensive and unattainable. Yeah. So that's that's how I did it during the pandemic. It grew. Apparently, everybody was just buying online. So that allowed me by the end of 2020 to quit my job and open the first location in Beverly.
0: That's so cool, yeah. And I, so I go to Gordon College, which is right nearby the Beverly location and the Danvers location. And that's yeah. how I, I stopped in the store one day, and I can attest to the fact that eco friendly isn't doesn't necessarily correlate to being more expensive. I am still using my same shampoo bar that I bought probably about a year ago. So yeah. I think that that is. That's a common misconception, I think, that it's going to be more expensive because maybe it's a little bit more of an upfront cost for some things, not even everything, like a few things. But it lasts you for so long. And yeah. just just your impact and having that on your conscious that you're not, you know, polluting the world and you're you're taking care of the planet is so cool. But, yeah, very very interesting to hear that because I think that that is definitely a common misconception of, oh my goodness, I'm going to spend so much more money if I try and change my lifestyle and it's important to know that you're not.
1: No, you're not. And not only that, but it also it's it's a process, you know? You don't have to change everything like right now. You don't have to throw away all your plastic in your house and switch it. Not at all. I still have Tupperware. I still have bottles of shampoo that just appear, you know, because pla- like I say, plastic happens. Yeah. Um. So we the 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 whole goal of these is just live your life normally, but make better choices. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important too. Talking about you know something one swap swapping your shampoo for a shampoo bar versus a shampoo bottle. It may seem so insignificant, but just think about if everyone were to do that, the collective power of that that's incredible so i think that's important to understanding that you can make small changes the next time you run out of your toothbrush you need a new toothbrush you go Mm -hmm. change it for a bamboo one it doesn't have to be you drop everything and immediately switch it off for zero waste because that's actually not sustainable in the end it's helpful to just do it one at a time when you find yourself you used all of that product and then you can go back and you can buy zero waste the next time. So, And
1: there's another aspect to that, which is you can actually reuse your existing plastic because we have refills too. Most of the zero waste stores are refilleries. Mm-hmm. So you can bring your existing, like, let's say, I don't know, Windex bottle, and we can refill it with glass cleaner. So you can still keep using the plastic instead of throwing it away, which is another way of being sustainable. Use what you already have even if it's plastic, because it's better to reuse it than just throw it away, right? Right. So that's another side of it. The refills are great.
0: Yeah. So speaking of refills, can you tell us a little bit about I mean, first of all, I'd love to just give more of a definition for people about what zero waste is, because I think, again, there's so much greenwashing that happens and it can be so ambiguous what the term means and what plastic free is. So if you can just kind of explain like zero waste, what that term refers to. Absolutely. So the let's call it scientific is not scientific,
1: but like the consensual or, or, you know, everybody definition is. Zero waste is a movement in which people avoid at all costs to throw something away. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if it's in your recycling bin or in your trash. It's it's both those bins are waste, right? So it doesn't matter where it goes, it's waste. So in the zero waste movements, as human beings, we try to avoid in the first place having to toss anything away and reusing materials as much as we can, until they have, you know, that they are done with their life. Mm-hmm. So disposables are not part of the zero waste movement. Um, but that is just the zero waste. So mm-hmm. I don't like the term, I'm not very good friends with it. I, because it's not realistic, and it's very definitive. And We don't really live in a binary world. It's not yes or no or black and white. Mm -hmm. There is a middle. So I like the term low waste. You know, we try to be as low waste as possible, but we're still going to have to recycle. We're still going to have to throw things in the bin. We should be thriving. We should be trying to reduce our recycling too. There's so many people super proud and they come to the store and they're like, oh my God, I recycle so much. Well, that's a mistake too. (laughs) You're still wasting material. You should be pre-cycling. And pre-cycling is what's important, which is to get and buy products that don't need recycling in the first place. Products that are just going to go away, go back to nature. Think about a bar of soap. You use it until it goes away. And then it went away, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that fantastic? That's why bars are our best friends and everything that comes in a bar is just a fantastic thing. Yeah. So that's when you ask me like what my journey with this whole thing is and its packaging. Packaging is so unnecessary sometimes. Um but it's also like unnecessary evil, just like plastic, you know? So yeah, that that's that that will be my my answer to that.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's really helpful. So, I mean, I would love to hear some of what you can tell our listeners some of the products that you offer in either your refill or just in your store in general. You have such a wide variety of household and beauty and everything. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm very proud of that
1: because, like I said, I wanted to provide everyone with every single option. Basically, I wish. I could be a little bit bigger and I wish I could actually emulate like a whole grocery store with aisles and everything where you can only find plastic free products and it's doable, but I don't have the money <laughs> yet. Um, but you've been to the store, it's big and it's there's options for everyone. There's mm-hmm. like five or six of everything. So we offer just like a general store minus the food. So just like a grocery store, minus the food, mm-hmm. um, every single option, every single uh, alternative to plastic. So we have home, home decor, baby products, pet products, cleaning products, kitchen products, bathroom products. We have greeting cards. We have apparel. We have accessories. We have all the refills, which are over a hundred now that we offer. So, um, so we have a lot of everything. We even have some food, but pre-packaged, obviously, from great companies, mostly chocolate. <laughs> with a lot of chocolates because we love the fair-traded chocolates. They're like the best. Um, And we really are very connected with all our vendors. It's not just selling for the sake of selling. We really study every single product that we sell. And we train ourselves with where they come from, where is it manufactured, what's the sustainability, what certifications does it have, is it local? And we support local people a lot too. We love our local makers because the more local, the less carbon footprint too, right? So we do work with a lot of local people and the store also, um, it's used and I wanted to, use it as a platform for small businesses, because I started that way. I mentioned before that one of the ways I got out was by going to other businesses and doing events and putting my little table, you know, in some places and offering the product. So now I want to pay it forward. I want to support other women-owned or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) whatever-owned small businesses that are also into the sustainability umbrella. And I lend my space for free to small businesses to come and put their own table and sell their products. And it's been working fantastic. I love the community. It's been a great journey already three years, almost four. Well, no, actually four in general, but like three with the stores. Yeah. Um. But we offer everything, honestly. Honestly, we keep adding new products every day. Like I said, is is one of the industries that it's progressing more, you know, more fast. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. faster. <laughs> um, so it's been great, you know, to see all the new products and new items that come in. Now there's competition even between the companies, so it's it's yeah. a a very supportive and progressive um, movement. But now it's becoming something. We're not even an interest, uh, industry yet. Like it's it's been a battle to have like zero waste stores be a thing. Uh, because, for example, if you are going to register, and this is like a, a side note for business owners, if you're going to register your business in Google or like in, you know, the Massachusetts, whatever, and you're going to be an LLC or an L corp, as um, S Corp or whatever, they ask you, what's your industry? <laughs> Like you, I don't sell clothes. I don't sell, like, I'm not one thing. We're just like sustainable products, right? There should be a category for our industry, zero waste, sustainable products, eco-friendly products, call it whatever, but it doesn't exist and it it, like, it doesn't exist yet. So we are breaking those barriers to be actually an industry and it's
0: great. Yeah, that's so cool to hear. Do you have, I know you have so many products in your stores. Do you have any particular favorites, things that you find yourself using every single day that you've used this whole time that you have owned Unpack Living? Absolutely. I wish I had more armpits, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> because I tried just a handful
1: of the other ends because I do want to try every single product before I can offer it to the public. I, I like that. But then at some point I was like, I can't do that. Like you just said, your bar shampoo has last you a year, right? I had a conditioner bar for my hair that lasted me two years. So that yes. was two years where I didn't, I couldn't try any other one. <laughs> so it is a good practice to know, you know, what I'm giving, like what, what I'm um offering to the public, yeah. but it's just one, I'm just one person with one set of hair with one set of armpits. Um, <laughs> And I can't try all of the products. So now what I try to choose is variety so people can have the choice, just like when you go to the grocery store and you stand yourself right in front of that huge wall of plastic bottles of shampoo. So I want people to have the same experience in my store and have all the choices or a lot of choices so they can, you know, choose for themselves and try different things. Um... My favorite products are definitely Bar Shampoo. Bar Shampoo has been a game changer for me. Um, all of them, literally all the brands that I offer, I have tried all of them and I stand by them. Obviously, there are different formulations and different brands, just like choosing a, a bottle. Uh, but all of them are great companies, fantastic owners. Um And usually when when we're talking about like personal care items, it depends on you. All humans are different. We don't have the same type of hair. We don't have the same type of of skin. Mm -hmm. So I would say bar shampoos in general, I love. It's a great change. And you can see through the years how many bottles of shampoo you're not buying. So it's fantastic. The safety razor. I love the safety razors. And that is one of the products that people don't realize the amount of money you save Mm. with buying one safety razor, which is one of those products also that you say it might might seem expensive at the beginning Mm -hmm. and something that maybe not many people can afford, but it's a great investment. There are so many price points for a, a safety razor, but the ones we have start at 20 bucks, so it's not even that much money. Right. And the one that I have, I've been using for four years. Wow. Do a rough calculation and, you know, like Google how many uh, disposable razors a normal person uses is like hundreds of dollars that I have saved by just having my little safety razor with me. Um, and also, uh, that's as a consumer, as a business owner, People don't realize that we sell so many things that you just buy once. Mm. So when I I would assure sometimes that it says uh, planet over profit
0: mm-hmm. and people
1: ask me like, yeah, but you're still making profit. And I'm like, yes, but we specialize in selling things that are not disposable. So you just buy it once and then you never come again to us. <laughs> so it's literally a one time profit mm-hmm. and then you disappear. As the other companies, the other corporations that specialize in selling you trash, you're coming back to them every single month, every single time that you need a safety razor, that you need a bottle of shampoo, you're buying more and more trash Mm -hmm. from them. And that's how they profit. So we are definitely planning it before profit because we're selling you things that you're not going to use so many times, right? One of the other ones will be another example, the menstrual cup. Mm-hmm. amazing change life-changing change <laughs> great great uh it's also an upfront cost um a little bit more it's a little bit more expensive it's something like between 20 to 30 bucks mm-hmm. but you're never gonna have to buy disposals again you don't have to deal with tampons you don't have to deal with pads you don't have to deal with anything yeah. you just use your little cup and you
0: love it until you stop menstruating <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. I use one of those too. And it's been saves you so much money. And it's really convenient. And I love that I'm not disposing of all of that plastic every single month. So exactly. very Awesome. And there's something called the pink tax,
1: which you know, it's been a matter of discussion through the years, because uh, products that are made for women somehow cost more than products that are made for men and are the exact same thing. So this is also going against that. If you buy a safety razor, and you buy a menstrual cup, you're not paying any taxes anymore you just buy one thing and then use it for like up to 10 years 15 years and you're done so this is also a good way to like break that patriarchy thing that we have implemented in the system another one of my favorite products i would say so many i love all the deodorants i love every single product it's hard to choose favorites yeah. But I would say the reusables are my best friends, for sure. Bars are my best friends. The dish bar, you don't really need dish soap in liquid form. You don't really need anything in liquid form. Mm-hmm. But bars are my best friends. Reusables are my best friends. In my house, we have the silicone bags. We have the, I don't know, you know, you know everything. <laughs> yeah. The toothbrush is obviously I use everything in my house and it's been four years since I started now. So we have a lot. Um, But I love all the products. I love all the products that that we sell. I think they're fantastic.
0: I agree because I have tried a good amount myself throughout my time at Gordon supplying my apartment this past year with a lot of your products. Yeah. So Really awesome. I'm so thankful for all that you do for the community on the North Shore and for having this option open. I know that there are some other zero-waste stores around, and this, as you said, is kind of an up-and-coming, not even industry yet, but an up-and-coming industry. Yeah. Um, So I know that there's resources through, throughout Boston, throughout Massachusetts, and people can look for zero-waste stores in their state if they're not a Massachusetts resident. So kind of as a conclusion I would love to hear obviously I would encourage everyone to check out your website I know you have social media as well is it just unpack living on Instagram Unpack living everywhere yeah just yeah. look for unpack living and just to
1: <clears throat> you were just saying that there are many stores in Massachusetts actually in our website also you can find a directory wiki mm-hmm. tab on every single store that opens what they offer what you can bring what you can't Um, so you can also find the Zero Waste Massachusetts directory in our website
0: and find if there's a store near you where you can refill or not. Awesome. I will be sure to put that in the description for this podcast and also on our website. We're going to be having a, a resource page as well, so that will definitely be on there. But as a last question, for people who... You know, anyone from all over the country, we have people from Massachusetts, but elsewhere, if they don't have a zero waste store near them, or even if they do, what is something that they can do a simple step to make their life more sustainable? I would say that being a mindful consumer
1: is more it's more important than anything. I I could tell you like, OK, turn the lights off and like save water, but that's not really tangible. We're talking about purchasing stuff. We consume a lot of stuff. There's so much marketing, like right now, and I know this is a podcast, and and we're trying to be timeless, but it's about to be coming a lot of pink because we have a movie right now going out, and everything's pink, <laughs> right? So- we have to stop being victims of marketing. We have to stop being victims of fashion. We have to be more mindful consumers and just use what you have. Be happy with what you have. Thrift stores are your best friends. Secondhand mm-hmm. store exists everywhere. Buy from your neighbors. Swap clothes with your friends. Being sustainable is not something that you just purchase. It's, some, it's the way you act is the way you behave and that you the way you participate in your community um easy things to do you know go to your local thrift shop support your local businesses don't order so much online don't buy so much don't buy things that you don't really need right use what you have and a good thing to know what you have is doing an audit look at your house and see the things that you need to use before you buy more things um, consume less overall and obviously yeah turn off your lights and water. Water. pick yeah. up trash pick up trash is another one pick up the trash in the street that's a great one to do <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for for being on this podcast. I have so appreciated all this wisdom that you shared. I have learned a lot even as someone who has, you know, been somewhat involved in this sustainability movement and trying to change my own actions. So, thank you for inspiring the community around you and hopefully this community as well to get involved in living more sustainably and caring for the planet well. So, thank, thank you. you. But,
1: thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this.
0: Yes, and Be sure to look out for our next episode of the podcast, which will be coming two weeks after this. So we hope that you all are well and thank you for joining us.